listening to Positively Prepped, a podcast for teachers. I'm your host, Rebecca Rodriguez. I love being a teacher, but now I work from home. I'm here to talk about how you can systematically, effectively, and positively prep your teacher life so you too can feel balanced, happy, and in control of your life at school and at home. This is our last week of classes for the school year. We work on a modified year-round schedule, so we started in July, and we have two weeks for fall, winter, and spring break. I personally really like this schedule, and I'm not going to lie, I'm really kind of glad to see this school year end with all this craziness. One thing that always happens at the end of the school year is that student who suddenly realizes they're running out of time, and then they jump into gear to fix their grade at the very last minute. You know the student I'm talking about. You also know how annoying and infuriating this student can be, especially if the parents suddenly care as well and start making a fuss. This year was no different for me. I had a few of these kids, and what made this more maddening was the fact that as long as students did the work, their grade could only improve due to the distance learning element in Arizona. So they could have done the work on the front end, secured the grade they wanted, and then faded out, but no. It is very natural to dislike this behavior, especially when it adds to work and stress in your life. And this is a perfect example of consequences in action. Join me today as we discuss the difference between punishment and consequences in the classroom. And you know what? This one really works with your own little ones too. I believe that we use the word consequence in reference to what happens when students misbehave or break the rules in the classroom. I also believe that a lot of times this is being used incorrectly. There are two definitions of the word consequence. Number one, the result or effect of an action or a condition, and number two, importance or relevance. However, the definition of punishment is the infliction or imposition of a penalty as retribution for an offense. Synonyms for the word punishment would be retaliation, revenge, or vengeance. And when we look at our classroom rules and then the consequences for breaking those rules, we kind of have to look at it and realize that these are not consequences, they are punishments. We are inflicting a penalty based on them breaking or as a retribution for that offense. So when we break it down to the bare meaning of those words, it gives us the ability to decide if we really have a consequence in our classroom or if we in fact have punishments in our classroom as, or as parents in our home. I have talked about the fact that I don't have rules and, and like a list of consequences in my classroom because I instead focus on life skills. So if you're interested in that, that is episode four, the no rules classroom. And in that, I talk about how I go through what the behaviors and the expectations are for my classroom based on natural things that we should do to be good people to each other. And then the students kind of know those expectations and we work together as a team to keep that behavior in our classroom. In addition to that, 
the consequences that follow are natural. So if a student is rude or disrespectful, the natural consequence is that no one wants to sit near that student or people don't trust them anymore. And they have to learn how to apologize for that behavior and change it in order for people to want to work with them in a group and other things like that. So when we are working on consequences, we need to make sure that they are the natural consequence to that behavior. We are the adults in the classroom. We're the teachers. So should we really be seeking to get revenge on kids? Is that what we are really about? Is that what we want to be known for? The teacher that punishes kids or deals out things to hurt kids? I don't. I don't think that that's what I want to be about. And I don't think that's what you want to be out be about either. So let's think about it this way. Punishment is something that we do to people and a consequence is something that we learn from and naturally occurs. So as we're thinking through things in our classroom, if we're doing something to students, we're punishing them. And if something happens based off of that natural consequence from the behavior, that would be the natural consequence and that's what we wanna focus on instead. We will go into the two reasons and how to effectively move toward the consequence mentality, the two reasons we should have that consequence mentality and not the punishment mentality, how we can effectively put it into our day-to-day behaviors on our part to make sure that that's what we're focusing on in our classroom. But before we go into that, let's do our unpaid sponsorship. Today for our unpaid sponsorship, I'd like to give a shout out to EOS Fitness. I don't know about you, but I personally am ready to get back into life. If you are too great, if you're not, I totally understand, but I have to admit that when the email came through from EOS telling me that they were opening and the date, I literally cheered out loud. I sent a text message to my husband, did you see the email? Because I was so happy. They have an awesome app that I can go to now and set my appointment time to visit the gym. So that's one of the ways that they're helping with social distancing is you have to make an appointment to visit, which I really appreciate. It also on the app helps me connect to my Polar Heart Monitor or your Apple Watch or anything else you use to track your workouts. You can connect it and it will track your workouts in their app as well. They have monthly challenges to join in the app to get prizes and to keep you motivated. It's where you can go to sign up for classes when you want to do like the aerobics or the biking or uh, the, the swim classes. And you get to monitor your check-ins if you have insurance that pays for your membership based on your check-ins. You can refer a friend, everything. The app is so easy to use. I've now been to my gym every day so far this week and it's clean. It's less busy. So social distancing is easy to do. While I'm getting in a great workout with weights, cardio machines, they have a TRX, they have all of the balance bars, all that stuff. Everything you need, you you name it, they got it. Their cleaning staff has always been on point. I'm not going to lie. However, lately they've like ramped it up. It is so nice. They're just going around cleaning, cleaning, cleaning. So you know that you can kind of feel safe while you're working out because they're keeping things clean for you. I am so happy to be back at my gym. And I am so thankful that they have made that possible while still feeling that safety and cleanliness matter. You are awesome, EOS. Thank you, EOS Fitness, for making a great, affordable place to work out. 
Thank you for opening up for your workers and clients to enjoy and for making a clean environment to work out in right now. Okay, now back to our regularly scheduled program. In episode 18, I discussed building quality relationships through using the four agreements. One of those agreements is don't take anything personally. This is especially true in building quality relationships with students who may be behaving in a way that you don't like. Punishment is the belief that by hurting you or your student in some way, you will be more likely to behave in the way that we want. That is so not true. First, we get more of what we focus on. So if we focus on that negative behavior, then we're going to see more of that negative behavior, especially from students who maybe need some attention. Second, when we hurt someone, we create resentment, distrust, and anger. This doesn't make our students want to behave better for us because they don't even like us anymore. They don't trust that we care about them, and they resent us for making them either embarrassed or for hurting them in whatever way we punish them. And third, we have to ramp up the punishments each time, meaning we have to make the punishment worse and worse. This takes time, effort, and only increases the distance between you and the student. We don't want that. Our goal as teachers is to increase our students' learning. Discipline is one of those areas of learning where we can see phenomenal growth in our students, but they will probably need our help. When we dole out a punishment to a student, we put ourselves at odds with that student. They are the problem that we're trying to solve. Instead of focusing on the problem, we are focusing on the student as the problem. When we work to help students see the consequences of their actions, we create a team with that student. And instead of looking at them from the opposite end, we're on the same team solving the problem together, which is the behavior and not the student. This makes them trust us. It makes them feel that we care. And then they want to make sure that they're building the relationship as well. In this instance, we're saying, I like you but I don't like that behavior, which creates in them that feeling that they want to work with us and not against us. When we focus on punishment, we're also affecting the brain of our students. Fight, flight, and freeze is at the back of our brain in the brainstem. We don't learn anything when we're in the brainstem. We only can fight, run, or clam up. Those are the only responses that we or a student can have when we're in our brainstem, if we want our students to learn how to behave or how to problem solve, we have to keep them in their frontal lobe, which is where we learn and where we add knowledge and where we learn to respond appropriately to stimuli. So how do we do this when a student is being disrespectful or disruptive or demanding or behaving in a way that we don't like? First, we have to get in our right mind, meaning we have to be in our frontal lobe because that's where we can help them to learn. If we go into the fight mode at the back of our brain, we're not going to be able to help them in any way. Remember, we can't take this personally. The student isn't misbehaving because of us. They are misbehaving for whatever other reason. We have to find that reason and help them overcome it. So after we've gotten into our right mind, then we need to go to the student. This is easy. You just, in person, get proximity to that student. 
Digitally, it's a little bit more difficult, but I have found that when we try to digitally approach a student through writing, we are going to encounter problems. I think a phone call is probably the best way to deal with this. So remember, a lot can be lost in the written word. When they can hear our tone of voice and they can hear the concern or the care in our voice, they have a harder time misinterpreting what it is we're saying. When they read the words, like in an email or in a message, they can pick the tone that they think we're using, and that might not be exactly right. In fact, it's usually the opposite. They actually are reading it with their fight, flight, or freeze brain and think that we're being mean or that we don't understand or that we don't care. So in person, get close to them digitally, probably make a phone call. Third, we can talk to them. Point out the behavior that you need to fix. Hey, I noticed that you were doing this thing. Talk about how I like you, but I don't like that behavior. And then work as a team to solve the problem. Why are they behaving that way? What made them do it? A lot of times, we've, as we work with them through these things, we realize that the behavior is based off of something really easy to fix. And when they can start to see that for themselves, they learn how to fix it themselves, and then they behave the way we want them to. If we punish them, then they start to feel like we don't like them, and they don't learn how to fix that behavior, and so we have to continue punishing them and, again, ramping that punishment up as they do it again and again and again. So we want to help them solve the problem by talking it through and teaching them how to find the problem, how to solve the problem, and how to do it calmly and assertively. For me, I had my final due date for all my work like last week. I had a student send me a message after that date and demand that I take some work and raise his grade because he would get in trouble if I didn't. That was kind of annoying to me, but instead of taking it personally, I called him and I talked to him. I told him that the deadline had passed. We talked about his tone and his message and how it was inappropriate for him to make demands of me, his teacher, when he's the one who didn't follow the directions. Then we discussed the natural consequences for missing deadlines. Now, being concerned can seem like the student's getting away with their misbehavior. But again, I want to ask you, are we really wanting to hurt our students? My personal goal is to help them learn and grow. So for me, the answer is no, I don't want to hurt them. I want them to learn how to behave so that they can be happy. That is a very selfish way of being if we want to hurt our students or make them pay for their misbehaviors. And it breaks my agreement that I made not to take things personally. So I was annoyed that he was rude and trying to pass the blame instead of taking responsibility for his actions. But it had nothing to do with me. He was in his brainstem fighting to not get in trouble with his parents for having a grade that he could have done better on. By talking to him in a calm way, we were able to get to a point where he knew it was safe with me. We weren't in a fight. And then we could really solve that problem together. Because of this safe place that I created to solve the real problem, the behavior that I was not happy with went away immediately. And together we were able to solve his problem, which was his grade and his misbehavior in demanding things from me. We found a couple of things that he really could do to improve his grade just a little bit because maybe I had misgraded or I hadn't seen that he had done that assignment. So 
in talking, he got some of what he needed and wanted from me. And I got a lot of what I needed from him, which was respect and him taking responsibility to avoid that problem in the future and really paying attention to his deadlines and being respectful to the people that he had deadlines to meet. I believe that real learning took place in this conversation, and that's what I'm talking about. Classroom behavior is an issue that we as teachers deal with all the time. This is one thing that we need to take ownership of, rework into a positive, and really see that we have the influence on that area in our classroom. We shouldn't be trying to get retribution or hurt our students. Our job is to teach them, and that means we really need to teach them the acceptable behaviors for our classrooms and in the regular world, and how to appropriately problem solve together. We should work as a team with our students to teach them how to identify the behaviors that are appropriate, the natural consequences that follow, and how to change that behavior to achieve the natural consequences that will bring them happiness. By focusing on punishments, we're creating an adversary with our students, which doesn't lead to a good relationship and ultimately the behaviors that we want to see. We get more of what we focus on, so focus on problem solving, building a team, and appropriate behaviors. When a student does misbehave, one, get your mind right. It isn't personal. Number two, move toward that student. Proximity and tone are vital here. Three, talk calmly through the issue with the student. Let them know the problem. The student isn't the problem, the behavior is. And let them work through with your help how to change that behavior or that problem. By doing this, we can create a safe working relationship where we influence our kids in a positive way to learn and improve. My goal with Positively Prepped is to help teachers feel balanced, happy, and in control. One great way to do that is to focus on consequences and avoid punishments. When you work with your students as a team to overcome problems, you create a happy, balanced, and controlled environment for you and your kids. Thanks for listening to Positively Prepped, a podcast for teachers. Please subscribe and share. It's important to continually focus on balance and improve our practices. That's why I created Positively Prepped, to help teachers to improve themselves, their classrooms, and their lives so that they can create an amazing classroom, leave their work there, and then go home and live a full life, guilt-free. Remember, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Rebecca.Rodriguez. That's Rodriguez with a Q and not a G. Please feel free to shoot me a message and ask questions. Thanks again for listening, and see you here next week.